Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this Christ the King Sunday. Uh, before we get into our announcements, uh, first I want to offer a word of congratulations to Jane and Charlie Coates who celebrated, celebrated 65 years of marriage this past week. So let's congratulate Charlie here. Yeah, may you continue to have many more years of, of wedded bliss. Wedded bliss, is that it? Yeah, wedded bliss. Uh, also going to ask you to keep Rose Tice in your prayers this week. Rose is admitted at Lima Memorial for some tests and observations, so pray for her this week as, she, as she's there. Uh, but a reminder that the community Thanksgiving service is tonight at 7 o'clock at the Christian Church. Um, and a meal uh, will be at the Methodist Church uh, before the service, and all are invited to that. Uh, but word of thanks to all who have contributed to our canned food drive. Uh, if you haven't been able to contribute, there's a basket in the back. Uh, if you would like to contribute monetarily, uh, you can place money uh, in, in the basket back there, and we will deliver it to County Line. Uh, so that's back there. If you, write a, if you want to write a check, you can. I say go ahead and write the check out to County Line Church of the Brethren. And again, we'll take it straight to, straight to them uh, on your behalf. Uh, if you see in the bulletin, we still need some worship assistance for 2023. Uh, we need readers for January, March, and April. So if you didn't have a chance to sign up and you would like to help, please see Rose and let her know if you can read one of those months. I think we also need a communion assistant for May. So if you could help uh, pass that along to her. Also a reminder, choir practice will begin next Sunday after church uh, as the choir prepares for Christmas Eve. So make plans to stay if you would like to join the choir and sing with them. Uh, December 4th, sorry, lots of things to share with you. Busy type, time of year. Uh, December 4th, we will decorate the church here at 6 p.m. We'll gather here to decorate. Following the decoration, we plan to have an open house at the Parsonage for a time of fellowship, for snacks and drinks. So. Uh, you don't need to bring anything. Come help us decorate, and then we will go to the parsonage and hang out together. Um, so mark that on your calendar. We'd love to, love to see you there. Uh, final announcement for me. I'm going to start. Um, I, I say my morning prayer practice every morning individually. I'm going to start saying my morning prayer practice here in the sanctuary. Uh, 8 a.m., every morning, Sunday through Thursday. And so this is just an open invitation if you would like to come pray with me during those hours. Uh, feel free to come. Uh, this time will be 20 to 25 minutes of a prayer service and some scripture reading. Um, so if it's something you're interested in, feel free to come to the church at 8 a.m. Sunday through Thursday. Um, and I will be here praying. You're always welcome to come pray with me as well. Are there any other announcements that I missed or any prayer requests that, that you would like to share with the congregation? Yeah, Judy. I have a prayer request for Deb Wingfield Sanders. She passed away. Okay, Deb Sanders. Okay. All right, if there's nothing else, I invite you then to Take a moment to quiet your heart and quiet your mind as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship.
congregation. I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, forgive us, and lead us, so that we may be alive in your will, and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. God, our true life, to serve you is freedom, and to know you is unending joy. We worship you, we glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. Abide with us, reign in us, and make this world into a fit habitation for your divine majesty. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our first reading is from Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherded my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be 
be dismayed. Nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of the Lord. We will now read Psalm 46 responsively. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Our second reading is from Colossians. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is a Messiah of God, 
his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you. Well, it seems my children are having a moment, so I'll share with you my children's message anyway. Uh, and uh, we'll have patience with them in a the moment. So our reading from Colossians says that, that Christ is the image of the invisible God. That is, Christ is the picture of God. All right, we do not see God except through Jesus. And so I brought a crucifix with me this morning across because this is how God reveals himself to us. All right, God is the one who has died for us on the cross. And so as the psalm says, we have nothing to fear in this life. Why? Because God, who loves us so much, has given his son to die for us. And that's how we start with our image of God. That's how we start to picture God. God is the one who has given himself for us. If you all would like some candy after the service. <laughs> well, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as a Christian holiday, Christ the King is a pretty new festival. It was first installed in the Roman Catholic Church calendar by Pope Pius XI in 1925. And the historical context was that the Pope at the time was concerned about the complete splintering of Europe following the First World War. And so it evolved throughout the 20th century into a festival, and Lutherans adopted it into the 60s and 70s. It became a festival that was less concerned about Christian unity, and it became more seasonal, pointing toward the coming Advent. And so the focus of the holiday came to be more about Christ, who reigns now over all creation, and who is coming on the day of judgment to put his enemies under his feet. And so the church year begins in Advent, next Sunday, with the hope of the coming Messiah who will save us. And the church year ends with a declaration that Christ is, in fact, sovereign over all. The whole church year is like a long liturgical procession. And it's a procession where Christ comes first, but he also comes last. Christ is now king, and he is the king who will come to claim us as his own for all eternity. And so this is where our reading from Colossians fits in. This text is a word of thanksgiving for what God does for us through Christ our King. When you read passages like this from St. Paul's letters, I always recommend look at the verbs as you read the passage. Pay attention to the verbs. Don't overlook the action words. St. Paul writes that God has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has rescued us. He has transferred us into the kingdom, he has redeemed us, and he has forgiven us. God has qualified, rescued, transferred, redeemed, and forgiven. And so what we notice when we look at all of those verbs in this passage is that all of this that we give thanksgiving for is God's work. And so we see the sovereignty of God at work. We see Christ the King at work. Because it is all that he does for us. Nothing in these verses is about what we do for ourselves. It's what he does for us. 
St. Paul says that God, through Christ, has qualified us to receive our share of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's such a great and important metaphor because you cannot earn an inheritance. Right? An inheritance is what someone else chooses to give to you. It's not really based on your actions, not on your character. It's not something you can, can control. It's entirely based on the giver's willingness to pass it on to you. Likewise, the inheritance we will receive in eternity is all God. It's all from him. St. Paul in the same passage also writes that we have been delivered from darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son. And again, you see that it's not our work. We don't find our way out of darkness. Rather, God brings us into the light and he brings us out of darkness. And not only does he bring us out of darkness, St. Paul says he makes us citizens of the kingdom of Christ. The biblical picture is of the Israelites being led out of slavery in Egypt by God's gracious care. And not only did God bring them out of slavery, he also wants to give them a promised land full of milk and honey. He has a glorious promised land for them to reside in. And that historical picture is for us a spiritual picture of what God does for us. We are delivered out of Egypt and brought into the promised land. God rescues us from the power of darkness and makes us citizens of his kingdom. And so on Christ the King Sunday, this lesson is of the utmost importance. What Paul says to us is that there is no power greater than Christ the King. Darkness does not overcome light. Sin is not greater than what Christ has done for us on the cross. The devil is not greater than God's love for us. The powers and principalities of this world are not greater. The demonic forces that oppose God are not greater. There is no greater power for you than Jesus Christ. And so this is why St. Paul gives us the great hymn to Christ starting in verse 15 of our reading. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and earth were created, things visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In other words, Paul is telling us not to be tempted to believe that there is something more powerful than Christ in your life. There is no government official more powerful than him, no supernatural power. There is no sin or darkness in your life that's greater than Christ. Christ is the true king. He's the true king over you and over everything, and in him all things hold together. All creation has its being because of Christ. Now, in the gospel reading this Sunday, it wasn't obvious to the onlookers that Christ was the greatest power in the world. We see that while he was on the cross, the leaders of the people scoffed at him. The soldiers mocked him. And even one criminal who was on the cross next to him could not resist the opportunity to deride him. All of these people had one idea of power. For them, power is only found in the ability to dominate someone else. It's found in wealth and weapons. It's found in ambition. But Christ shows us that there's a greater power. And that's the power of God to reconcile the world to himself through the sacrifice of love. And that's what the second criminal sees. He sees the true power of Christ. And he has faith that Christ in his loving power is good. Notice how Paul ends all of his great description of Christ's power. He says, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through the blood of his cross. The cross is the true power of God. The cross is the true power of Christ in your life. Because it was at the cross where Christ rescued you from darkness. It was there at the cross that he qualified you to receive the inheritance of the saints. It was at the cross where he made you a citizen of his kingdom. And it was at the cross where he redeemed you from the devil 
and where he won for you the forgiveness of sins. Christ did it all. In his power, he secured all of this for you. And in his power, we must not forget that Christ was the king who reigned with a crown of thorns. And as we remember that it is all what Christ does for us, it's most important that we remember that we are like that criminal on the cross hanging next to him. Not because we're hardened criminals, not because we'll be executed, but because we are entirely helpless to help ourselves. The man on the cross had nothing. His death was imminent. He knew his spiritual state was poor, and he knew that he needed Christ, the Christ who is the true king. We are also helpless sinners on our own, and we need the powerful king to save us. We have no response to the world's powers except that which is in today's psalm, be still and know that I am God. We can be still because our true king became sin for our sake. He took on the consequences and the despair of sin so that we might have life in paradise with him. And as a true king, neither sin nor death defeats him. Rather, he has defeated sin and death. He has taken away their eternal sting. And so death is not a door to eternal nothingness. Rather, Christ has made death the portal to paradise. This is why as Christians we worship a king who was humiliated on a cross. We praise a king who took on the full scorn and pain that the world could give him. And so our image of God starts at no other place than the cross. Do you want to know what the God Christians worship looks like? Look at the cross. Look to the crucifixion. That's what our God looks like. In a few moments together, we will receive the body of Christ that was given for us. We will receive the blood that was shed for us. This is our opportunity right here and right now to look at the cross. Because the body and blood take us back to the place where Jesus was exalted above all the powers of this world, right at the cross. And it's there where we will find life. So as you receive Holy Communion this morning, receive it as people who are being rescued by the King. And as you receive it in the full knowledge of your helplessness, learn to say, be still. Be still, my soul, and know that Jesus Christ is crucified for you. Because Jesus, the Son of God in flesh, has died for you, you have eternal life. Praise be to Christ, the King of kings. Amen.
let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, alone being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. Let us pray with the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, you have revealed through created things a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. In these gray and latter days, set the hearts of your baptized children on what lasts and help us to be a people who truly wait with anticipation for the glorious appearing of Christ our King. Lord, in your mercy. Ancient of days, you know the secrets of our hearts. Give to us genuine repentance and faith, that we may live ever mindful of your day of judgment, knowing that you alone can keep us from stumbling and present us blameless before the presence of your glory. Lord, in your mercy. Give strength, boldness, and endurance to all the ministers of your church, that they may faithfully proclaim the kingdom of God. Lord, in your mercy. Omnipotent one, your son is truly the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Remember in your mercy our President Joseph, our Governor Richard Michael, our Congress, and all who bear office in our land. Give them wisdom to know what is right, the courage to follow it, and the integrity to do so. Lord, in your mercy. O God, our beginning and our end, you kept Abraham and Sarah in safety through the days of their pilgrimage. You led the children of Israel through the midst of the sea. And by a star, you led the Magi to the infant Jesus. Protect all of those who travel for this upcoming holiday. Make their ways safe and their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all of those who suffer in mind, body, or spirit, especially Steve, Owen, Tana, Phil, Judy, Brad, Marilyn, Nancy, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Alan, and those who mourn the loss of Deb. Give them hope and comfort in all of their troubles. Lord, in your mercy. Receive our praise for the faithful lives of the saints who have preceded us in death. With all of your saints who followed Christ their King and now rest in his goodness, bring us faithfully to the day of our resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Rejoicing in hope, we lift our prayers to you, most gracious Lord, trusting that you have received them in your care through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, who enthroned forever at your right hand, intercedes for us as our great high priest. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter, and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, endless is your mercy and eternal your reign. You have filled all creation with light and life. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. We praise you for the grace shown to your people in every age, the promise to Israel, the rescue from Egypt, the gift of the promised land, the words of the prophets, and at this end of all the ages, the gift of your Son who proclaimed the good news in word and deed, and was obedient to your will, even to giving his life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Therefore, O God, with this bread and cup, we remember the life our Lord offered for us. And believing the witness of his resurrection, we await his coming in power to share with us the great and promised feast. Send now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that we who share in Christ's body and blood may live to the praise of your glory and receive our inheritance with all of your saints in light. Join our prayers with those of your servants of every time and every place and unite them with the ceaseless petitions of our great high priest, until he comes as victorious Lord of all. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. Please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Serve the Lord. <laughs>